Hi, I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. We could chop it up about Syracuse sports for the next hour or two, but you know, we really uh, are excited to talk to someone like you because you know, this is like the missing piece in a lot of new investors lives. Right. You know, and I'm talking about capital. I'm talking about, you know, private money, hard money. I'm talking about, Hey, how do I fund this project that I'm looking at? So I'm very excited to talk to Tim Maloney. He is the CEO and owner of Quickline Capital partners in uh, in Syracuse, but it's not just Syracuse. It's all of upstate. It's actually all over the country, right, Tim? I yeah. mean, you can do pretty much anywhere, anytime. Yeah. In fact, we uh, last year, we opened an office in Virginia Beach, Virginia. Um, we have an office basically open in Boston, although it's not fully manned. And we're looking at Tampa. We've been down to Tampa a few times this year, so. I love it. Well, let's um, let's talk about it, right? So let's just kind of tell me about who you are, what you do, and what QuickLine's all about, and, and what you guys are really looking for. Yeah. So, you know, when I started QuickLine Capital, um, you know, hard money lending was true hard money, right? And, and, you know, I know a lot of folks love to use that term, hard money, uh, but in, in the real truth, um, you know, there's hard money over here, and then there's bank financing over there. And what QuickLine is, is we're closer to bank financing than we are hard money. Uh, when I say hard money, and, and when the industry says hard money, think of, you know, the guy with a cigar who literally just looks at your deal, doesn't pull any docs, and gives you some smaller LTV at some ridiculously high rate. Um, those, those are sort of, it's funny that they had gone away almost completely in this market. They're starting to come back a little bit. But the problem with the hard money guys was always they only had a finite amount of capital. Um, they couldn't go to the market like we can and get as much capital as we want to fund as many deals as possible. And that was really sort of how this whole industry was born. Um, I would say, you know, maybe it was around 2005, 2006 when when companies like Quickline started to really do something or started to be, become um, entities. And then around 2010 or 11, after, you know, the global financial crisis, um, we really just took off. So much so that, you know, today you're seeing large big banks, right, like Chase and, and Wells. And these guys are trying to roll out this DSCR, which is debt service coverage ratio type financing, like we've been masters of for, you know, a decade or more. You know, it's funny when we look at the industry, we can see all these companies diving into this space at a time where, you know, look, real estate prices are sort of uncertain. Um, we've got we've got our own thoughts on, on that here at Quickline, but, um, you know, it's not to, no one should be um, left thinking that the times are positive. Um, we've seen an unprecedented spike in rates since March of last year. And as recently as last week when, you know, the Fed got together, I'm sort of going off topic, I guess. But, you know, the point is, is that, you know, Quickline, we exist because there are investors who need to move fast. We are much faster than banks. And, and when I say quick line, Marty, obviously you can interchange us with most private money lenders, right? 
there's a hundred other guys in my um, association and, and I'll say 90 of them are, are, you know, similar to us as far as philosophy and, and certainly, you know, rates, cause we're all getting the money from the same place. Um, but we, you know, what we see, what we had seen in the past and what we see for the future is this demand just going to continue to increase. Um, a lot of folks, you know, during COVID, for example, a lot of a lot of folks lost their job and, and they couldn't get a loan from a bank if, you know, for anything. Um, and, and, you know, they're going to still need two more years or another, at least another year of tax returns before they're bankable. Where here, we don't have that problem. Um, we've never pulled a tax return. We don't look at anyone's income. Ultimately, companies like Quickline, we're extraordinarily asset focused, meaning if you if you send us the, the details of your flip and we like it, we're going to fund it. If your rental property, if the rents more than cover what the payments are, we're funding it. Um, you know, then the question becomes, how's your credit as far as rate and, you know, an LTV? What do we think of the market? You know, one of the benefits of us being here in upstate New York is, and we do an awful lot of business here upstate, um, but, you know, we are national. Uh, but what we get to do is we have a front row seat to deals all throughout the United States. And I can tell you right now, investors are starting to feel some real pain in certain markets um, because it's just completely, the prices are just out of control. I'll pick on Austin, Texas. You know, Austin, Texas today, they're going to see a pretty big reduction here in, in the coming months and home prices only because for the last 16, 18 months, they've spiraled out of control. Um, now, fortunately for them, you know, the guys and, and women who have properties there, you know, they're also enjoying 40, 50% increases in rents year over year. So um, these properties are still able to debt service. Anyway, so that's sort of what Quickline does. Um, we're just a very asset-focused lender who cares, you know, less about income, your personal income, and less about tax returns and more about the property. No, you're a perfect partner for the majority of people, the majority yeah. of investors, right? I should say. And... What's nice about it too is like you just mentioned is you're, you know, hard money. I didn't really know what that was. It's not, I was always thinking it's hard to get. It's hard to get. No, it's not. It's, it's based and backed by a hard asset is hard money. Right. So, you know, it's just, um, it's, it's letting people know though, what you guys do, because it's like so important that for people that are, putting the time to find the deal, to run their numbers, you know, getting the, the, the whole team in place, right. You know, getting yeah. their, the right attorney, the right realtor, the right, uh, you know, the contractor, all those things that are necessary in order to, you know, really complete a business plan, which is which, which you should have when you're looking at a property, every property is its own business. And so you need a business plan for each, each of those properties. But you know, your piece of it is so critical because there's so many times and you hear all the horror stories about, you know, as we got to close, boom, we were left uh, at the altar, so to speak, without the money. Um, and so, you know, that's why it was important for us uh, at the Upstate New York Real Estate Investor Group to make sure that whoever that we endorsed as the preferred partner was someone who we knew was going to perform and they were going to perform at a high level and at, at the level that, you know, they say, you know, and that's why it's, why it's great what you guys do because you do what you say you're going to do. And that I think is, you know, a, a piece that a lot of people are, are missing a lot of times with when they're mentioning their services. Was that always a main focus for you guys was, hey, if we're going to be doing this and we're going to be doing this at a high level, then we really need to be the ones that are going to stick out and perform. And, and is that is that something that matters a lot to you? 
Yeah, that is 100% the cornerstone of, of who we are. Um, I'll even put, you know, numbers to that. You know, in March of this year, when we first saw the first spike in, in interest rates, um, you know, we had roughly 60 borrowers that were in a process of closing that would have been impacted. Um, we ate that, that increase um, because we had already, you know, locked rates with them. And this has just never happened before. And in, in, in the last 10 years, we've never seen such a such a dramatic increase in rates. You're talking about a 25% increase in March. And we took the financial hit to basically not only just close those loans, not only just stay at break even, most of those, you know, 50, 60 loans that we closed in March, April were closed at a loss. And I don't want to make this a quick line commercial, but you know, look, there the difference is if you go into Chase Bank, the president of Chase Bank. First of all, you're not going to see him or her, but the president of Chase Bank doesn't have their borrowers' properties hanging on their wall in their office behind them. Um, you know, we're still small enough that you know, everyone here knows every borrower on a first name basis, and we truly enjoy the success stories. Right? Um, one of those pictures that's back there is from a woman who, you know, ten years ago she went through a divorce. Uh, she was left with nothing, three little boys, and today she flips probably 10, 20 houses a year. Um, holds another 50 to 70 rentals in her portfolio, lights out credit, lights out liquidity. Um, she can do anything in the world. And and those are what we enjoy. And that's that's sort of what why we got bigger is that, you know, we do care. And, you know, we put our money where our mouth is with as far as trying to do um, what we say we're going to do and doing it quickly. You know, that's really how you build any business. But that's how we chose to to build QuickLine. I love that, man. That's freaking awesome. That's so cool. You're so right. You're not going to be able to get the ear of the the owner of the business at Chase when there's a situation going on. And uh, and it's really, really cool. And it's very interesting and, and I think necessary to mention that, hey, we took the loss on a couple of these or a, a lot of these in those months. Um, and that's not, and thank you for saying that. Cause a lot of people would be like, you know, no, we're, you know, this is the way we do businesses. It's like, Hey, it, it, sometimes in order to do the right thing, it's not always going to be what's the best for your pocketbook, but it's the right thing. And so, and that's only going to, it only works out in the end. Um, so take, take me kind of back, right? So you have, I, and I know that you served in the military. So thank you for your service. Yeah, thank you. And tomorrow's uh, our birthday. Marine Corps birthdays tomorrow. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> I love that. And um, does that, did that piece, right? Cause I was actually just talking on a, a podcast with um, an individual. He's building Airbnbs all over North Carolina. And he was a, uh, he was in the Marines for uh, four years. Do you think that's a big part? in your success like the structure do you do you think that having that has had been helpful for your career yes well hands down for my career and my personal life as well um you know it, it's funny one of my partners who you know daquan carr um he also served in the marine corps and, and we often tease and believe me this is teasing because we know it would be illegal but we often tease that all future hires have to have had you know military service sure um, because and we tease and say that because, you know, it's a, it's not just discipline. It's also confidence, um, you know, the ability to do something that you never thought was going to be possible. Um, you know, there's no no, no meltdowns here. Um, when, when that thing came in March, it would have been very easy for me to throw the keys inside and, and you know, walk away and not take that, you know, several six figure hit. Um, that we took. Um, but that's just not who we are, right? You know, we saw the future. We know the future. 
In fact, the landscape in this industry, Marty, has changed dramatically. Um, I don't know the percent, if you want to call it a percent, but somewhere in the neighborhood of probably 40% of lenders are just gone. Many of the folks that remained have had, you know, massive layoffs, um, you know, a large percentage of their folks uh, because, look, the the refi boom is over. Right. You know, the, the days of me offering two, three percent interest, long gone. And I warned everybody. And I if you ever ask me to, I will give you projections for the future. And, you know, look, you go back. We don't delete our socials. If I'm wrong, I live with it. <laughs> there right. are. You know, we've been calling for this uh, for a couple of years. And then, you know, when it happened in March, I would tell people even in March, look, lock up this three and a half rate. You're never going to see it again. And here we are today, you know, with rates starting to hit almost tens for some borrowers and, and they're only going to still go up. So um, I don't want to get political, but until we see a dramatic fall off in inflation, the secondary markets, the folks who basically fund Quickline, they have no interest in these loans because, you know, the, our loans are right now priced under the inflation rate. <laughs> right. Like why, why in the hell would they want to, you know, give me $3 million next month when, you know, they could put it in just about anything and, and make that same return. So, so the, so the military, you know, it's just basically finding a way we've reinvented ourselves. I will say about every two months for, you know, the last decade, I will t- give you an example of that this summer. We were really bullish and, and really advertising and doing a whole ton of short-term rental Airbnb. And today we're really keeping that pretty quiet. We'll still do them, um, but they're getting more difficult. And for reasons that you know we can get into, but but mostly it's just uncertainty in the market. You know, pick on Austin, Texas again. There is there is a nationwide shortage of inventory. Um, you know, people talk about this real estate crash and all the YouTube clickbait is all about the real estate crash. Look, there's no crash coming. Um, yes, you're going to have markets that they're they're going to have some, you know, some price decreases, um, but there's no crash coming because, you know, for my entire life, this country has built homes for first for my folks, you know, my parents, mm. the baby boomer generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look, you know, those we call them war homes, those little small little Cape Cod salt boxes. And there were just thousands and tracks and tracks of those things built. And then for my generation, um, you know, we had homes built for us and and they were probably a little bit nicer than our folks because we were just, you know, making a little bit more money. But as we look towards millennials, there was never a single home built for them. Gen Z, not a single home built because everybody said anecdotally, these folks don't want homes. Um, they want to go live. They're happy with a small apartment. No, they're not. They want homes <laughs> just like anybody else. Right. And now the crazy part is, you know, you have a millennial who's paying $2,000 a month in rent, but he can't qualify for a mortgage for a $1,500 mortgage payment. And, you know, unfortunately, this private money like Quickline doesn't exist for owner-occupied things. But anyway, it's just, it's just um, you know, I, I don't see the crash coming. And I've diverted all the way from the military to, you know, this. this no, and I love that. And, and I appreciate that. And absolutely, Daquan's the man. Um, yeah. And you're right. I, I, I 100% agree that, you know, if you could hire everyone from coming from a, a background of military for sure, but learning a lot about yourself and overcoming obstacles. So it doesn't necessarily have to just be military, but you want to find someone that can do those types of things that can overcome. Um, so, okay. Yeah. I mean, is there a market at some point for 
that owner occupant, like uh, uh, a private equity to, to help out with like an owner occupant kind of thing, or is it not, nah, it's not going to happen. And, and I guess um, the other thing is, do you think that they're going to change some laws where rent is actually taken in consideration uh, rental payments and on-time payments is going to be taken into consideration for when someone does apply for like a bank loan. So you asked a couple of questions. The first one, um, there will never be uh, an instance where there will be private money like QuickLine for the owner occupant. Um, if we just look at the state we're in, New York, God, to become a residential mortgage lender, aside from the fact that you're deep six figures for the licensing and, and all the things that would be required, there's just way too much regulation. The reason why we can operate quickly, I mean, we used to close loans party in two weeks, right? Um, today, you know, we're, we're three weeks at best, usually closer to four because of delays with the appraisal. But on the residential side, oh my God, you got to jump through a bazillion hoops. And, and here's the other thing too, and this is just, and I think folks might, might just understand this, this is a commercial loan that we're doing, right? So, so if I loan on your duplex in Rochester uh, and you miss a couple of payments, I go get it. Um, I don't have to worry about evicting you. Um, this is a loan to your business. This is a business loan. I can default. If you default, I get the property back, sell it, and get my money back. And maybe you get a little something, maybe you don't. But on the residential side, holy cow, um, you know, some of these banks, hey, look, everybody's still waiting for the foreclosures to come, right? They take years. And in this industry, and, and the folks that to, to give us the money, they have zero interest in, in doing that. But, you know, I'll say the 99% of it is just the amount of regulation and licensing requirements and just the difficulty. And then, you know, that's just New York. You know, New York isn't even the most consumer-friendly state. We're up there, um, but, you know, states like Vermont and, you know, Minnesota, um, they're just very, very consumer-friendly. And we would have a very difficult time ever getting in there. Why do banks even invest in Rochester? Like, I, I don't even understand. Like, it takes so long. If they don't, if someone doesn't pay their mortgage, like, how is it even, I, I guess the, the, the spreads must be just so, so good that it, it, it's okay. But I mean, you can't foreclose. It takes, I was just talking to a guy who's been in this house for eight years. He hasn't paid his, his mortgage. And it, that's not like super crazy for that to happen. I guess that's another story we can talk about it. But. It is, you know, ultimately it's the default rates are exceptionally low on the residential side. Uh, most people, barring some medical thing or something, but most people, the first bill they pay is going to be for their home. Sure. Um, you know, and, and so the default rates are very low. Um, there's insurance for them. You know, you got the PMI that a lot of folks pay. Um, and depending on if it's Fetty, Franny or FHA, um, those guys are usually made close to whole, even with that nightmare scenario you mentioned of, of eight years. Plus, by the way, that guy, that that bank that's holding that note on that eight-year property, that guy's not been able to refi. So he probably owes, you know, making up a number, 100000 on a property that's today worth 188 Could So be. the bank's like, hey, I'm going to get my money eventually. I'm going to get the interest. I'm going to get the legal fees. I just have to wait. Yeah, that's why they're in Rochester. And also, you know, what bank, if if these credit unions didn't offer mortgages or if Chase didn't offer mortgages, what borrower would want to then plop $400,000 of their IRA into Chase Bank, right? Sure. It's also, I'm not saying it's a loss leader, but it's certainly a part of the, the entire spectrum of services that they need to offer for them to get those loans. Yeah, I thank you for answering it because now it all makes sense because, but I was always thinking like, dang, like that's got to be tougher and tougher, but now it all makes sense. It's like, trust me, if the banks are doing it, 
they're doing fine. It's going to yeah, be okay. <laughs> it's going it's going to be fine. So, did you ever, always think you were going to be like an entrepreneurship, like a business owner? I mean, it's always. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, tell me it, tell me about that. In fact, it's strange because, you know, I have three children and none of them are going to do this. Um, and I and I just don't understand why. But yeah, you know, look, I did before QuickCon, I spent 20 years in private equity. And for anybody who has ever seen any of that stuff, I will tell you that the the truth is even worse than things that you've heard. You know, <laughs> 16, 18 hour days, uh, seven days a week, ridiculous amounts of travel. Um, yeah, the pay was great. And, and, you, and you make stupid bonuses. I mean, Jesus, I was, you know, wasn't even 30 by the time I had you know, a hundred thousand dollar sports car in my driveway. But, you know, those things are, you know, look, you can't be, there's not a lot of 52 year old men um, working in private equity, right? Sure, unless, sure. They, unless they've made partner and they're, and they're now in a managerial role. Um, but, you know, so I always had the bug, always wanted to do it. I've done things, you know, side hustles, people call them now uh, my entire life. And I will tell you that, you know, the worst day at Quickline is, I, and I mean this sincerely, the worst day at Quickline has been better than the best day in private equity. That's amazing. And that's what, you know, look, all day long, all we do is we speak with passionate people who are doing their, their you know, entrepreneur entrepreneurial dream, um, whether it's a flip or buying a rental property or, or Airbnb or, you know, all of these different facets of what you and I, you know, run into these folks. It's exciting. Um, because, you know, on the real estate side, you know, 90%, and this is a statistic that, you know, people kick around, and but 90% of the world's millionaires uh, have made it in real estate, you know, yes. and this wealth that, that you guys are creating is generational, right? So, you know, our folks, well, my folks came from a very conservative generation. Um, you know, my, when my father passed, he didn't have a single bill, uh, didn't know a penny on his house. Uh, had, you know, has had some retirement savings and things like that. Um, but he would have never leveraged the his house with a HELOC to buy a rental property. It was just deemed risky. Right. right. And consequently, you know, he's not going to leave me what I'm going to leave my children. Right. So this is generational wealth. You know, that woman that I that I alluded to or mentioned earlier, you know, she's got 50, 70 rentals with, you know, anywhere from 30 to 30 percent or more equity in those. Plus, you know, she's be, because she's got this flipping business, she also has now a painting company. And if God forbid the worst should have happened to her, those three children are set for life. Right? No doubt. Just, and, and that's just generational wealth that, you know, you can't be. It's just, you know, especially when we look at the country, what's going on, a lot of uncertainty out there. Um, you know, these these are things, you, real estate's never going away. It no, may, no. It may, right. go up, it may go up and down, but um, it'll certainly, you know, it's never going to zero. No, no doubt. And, um, and that's, that makes a lot of sense in regards to like the, the good decision that you made of leaving the private equity world and still in it in a way, but you know, starting your own business. And, and just like you said, the, the, I love that the, the best day at that, your old job, it, it, it doesn't even matter because the, the worst day at your current job, at your current role, it still, uh, it still outweighs your best day at your old job. So um, I love that. So that's a good decision you did was making that jump yeah. into your current role and, and the success quick lines had, but it would, can you think of like a bad, decision maybe that you made as an owner or a business person, whether it's quick line or maybe in your role at private equity that, you know, you go, man, I, I learned a lot from that. 
Sure. I mean, I, I'm, and I'm very transparent, Marty. We've had conversations before and, you know, a lot of guys are very cagey about talking about this. The worst decision I've made in the last probably two or three years was, you know, we, I just was just kept looking high and, and we'll talk about maybe a year ago, well, probably July uh, of 2021, right? So July of 2021, it looked like there's no end in sight to this two and a half, three and a half percent rate. Although I knew it was going to go up, I couldn't have ever predicted how much it was going to go up. Right. And so on January 1, we got into the building that we're in now. I don't know if you've seen our website, but there's a picture of it. Very um, nice. I, I picked up, I basically quadrupled the size of staff and then along comes March. Um, and so, so when March comes, it's like, holy crap, like, you know, deals are dying left and right. People are now you know, not wanted to refi as much as before. I mean, basically the refi boom, you know, ended March 1st of 2022. I call it a bad decision, but at the time it was the right decision. I think though that with anybody, and, and look, I've had these conversations with our investors too, right? Or with, you know, flippers and, and people buying houses. You know, you look at, you just, just leave yourself exit room. And, and for us, exit room was, let's go back to what we know. Um, you know, we know that the fix and flip market is not going anywhere in this country. Um, let's double down on, on fix and flip loans. Um, you know, they're they're not as beholden to current interest rates as as the thirty year stuff. Um, so what you'll see, you know, today for Quickline is that we're going to go from call it seventy five percent thirty year money, which is either refis or purchases of rental properties, and twenty five percent of fix and flips, where Next month, I bet you we're doing 75% will be fix and flips with 25% being that 30-year money. Uh, so what was born out of that, my mistake of, of expanding so rapidly, and by the way, you want to laugh, this was the very first time ever in the history of QuickLine that I expanded like that. For the you know seven, eight years prior to that, um, our expansion was organic, meaning mm. We didn't hire somebody until we were so busy in that role that people were ready to quit. Right. Mm. So, and, and then we would hire and we'd do it nice and slow. And, you know, and then I just, you know, said, Hey, listen, sometimes, you know, you have to, um, you know, take a big bite and, and take a big step and, and really take some risk if you want the reward. It was just ill-timed. That's all. Yeah. And the learning though, I mean, that's really what matters is like what, what we learn on the way. And uh, cause like you said earlier, you could have just thrown the keys in or you could, you know, in the office and walked away, but you doubled down and just like what you learned in your previous life in the Marines and, and just everything else and just life experience, just overcoming it. And there's there's a there's definitely always a, a net when you leap, I believe there. there I, that's just kind of what I believe. And I, I think you I know you think the same thing. Um, is there a um, is there something that you do to kind of. You know, it, this is a tough world we're in, man. Real estate and funds and making sure things are done right. And, you know, a lot of times there's a lot of problems. And uh, did you become okay with being a problem solver? I, I just recently, uh, you know, maybe this year became the person that goes, listen, when the problems happen, like that's your job. Like you're going to get problems. So you better just, doesn't mean you have to enjoy them, but you better become aware that these are going to continue to happen for the rest of your life as a CEO. Like, how do you, how do you deal with that? Do you, do you have like a morning routine that you follow? Do you, do you meditate? Do you work out? Like, what do you do to kind of help that brain, uh, you know, get through some of this shit? You know, it's funny that you say that because it's the same advice that I give to anybody who ever calls here. And I say, build your network. 
right? So regardless of the problem that I'm having, um, I have folks that I can reach out to, you know, if I'm not able to do it myself, uh, that will help, you know, steer me in the right direction. If you're a flipper and, and you bought your first house and, and you're just going through the worst of the worst and every decision you made seems to have been wrong, um, you know, it's easy. Again, they could throw in the keys too, walk away and take the hit, um, or they could call us, right? You know, here's the thing. We get to look at it, you know, thousands of deals a year. We know what works and what doesn't work um, and leverage that relationship. And I would say that, that that's the same thing here. Um, also, having built an incredible team, you know, while I teased about the Marines, you know, the military experience, you know, we've got MBAs, we have, you know, look, we have folks that have probably graduated with a GED, um, but everybody here is committed to succeeding and, and personally and professionally. And, and all of us, you know, we'll get together. Some, sometimes it's once a week and sometimes it's 10 times a week. During March, we sat in the conference room almost exclusively as a team trying to come up with ways to, to solve what was, you know, in our faces is just a nightmare problem. Um, so that's basically how we get through it. You know, on a personal note, you know, I've got a wonderful family, uh, married 30 years and an exceptionally patient wife. <laughs> Although I, I will tell you in March, as she's watching the money go out of our account and into Quickline, she wasn't loving life. But, um, you know, the end result is, you know, we're still here and 40% of my competition is not. Love it. I love it, man. That's freaking awesome. And yeah, I will agree. Your team is amazing. You know, they're, they're coming out to events on a weeknight and they don't have to do some of this stuff, but they're making a, an effort to do it. I think you have a great sales team. I think you have a fantastic operation. And again, that's why it's, it's so good to, you know, really meet with you and talk with you and, and hear the story. And I think this is important to have for everyone that is thinking about using QuickLine. Um, this is really helpful in just putting, you know, a face and a story to the name and, and really to the belief in why they should work with you. Um, all right, we're getting to our speed round because we're wrapping up here. So I got a couple okay. of questions for you. Yes. Um, all right, Tim. So if there is just one metric that you're tracking, okay, or I guess I should say if there's only one metric that you could track in your business and maybe it's something you look at, maybe a KPI daily, weekly. Uh, I know uh, this is, Daquan is, this is his probably bread and butter because I know he's the CEO. But uh, anyways, is there a metric that you you look at that's like, this is this piece is critical for us? Yeah, and I don't want to get on to the, um, to dive, dive too deep into it, but the 10-year treasury yield every day, it's on both mine and Daquan's monitor daily, all day long, um, because that really is is a you can have your finger on the pulse of what's going to happen with rates in this industry um, but forget push that aside the real metric that we watch are uh, vacancies um, mm. so you know right now in the united states there's less than one percent vacancy in, in what i'll call premium rentals um, and by premium rentals um, i just mean not a dump right cafe express is is a is a sort of a think tank that, that puts some of this stuff together and there's others as well um, but what that tells me is that one, there's a housing shortage. Um, two, renters aren't going away. And three, you know, and, and look, I tell borrowers all the time, I'm like, when you put that house for rent, do not list it for rent at 1650. Put it for rent at 2200 and just see, you're going to still get the 750 FICO, you know, couple that, that are going to be in town for a couple of years because they're finishing up their master's at, you know, RIT or whatever college they're going to. Uh, you'll be surprised at what people will pay. Um, and and now that's really the metric that impacts our business the most, which are, you know, apartment availability, vacancy rates, as well as 
the housing market. Anyway, so that's no super good. I've never heard about the vacancy thing. I think that's great. And I mean, yeah. it makes sense. I don't. That's not my. It should be. That's a really really cool thing uh, that I never heard of. Okay, what book do you recommend? Or maybe I should say, is there a recent book that you just read, or maybe a podcast that you listened to that uh, was super exceptional? Or, or if you can think of a book um, for investors or business owners that you thought you know maybe changed your life or helped you out. Yeah. So for investors, um, especially folks that are, you know, getting started right now and, and they have nothing but fears. Um, there's two books that I send to potential borrowers when I talk with them, especially when I have a great conversation and they're just paralyzed by fear, paralyzed by over analysis. Um, the first book is called Go for No. Um, the guy's name is Richard Fenton. Uh, and basically that book just outlines that hearing the word no is actually a good thing. And then I guess the second one, and look, not everybody, this may not resonate with everybody, um, but the second one is called Jump from Steve Harvey. Um, this is the guy who got the name wrong there at the um, beauty contest. Yeah, I love um, Steve Harvey. But that book, Jump, um, is just a very pragmatic approach to look, you're never going to get to where you want in life if you don't take that first leap. And no one said that that leap is going to, you know, you're not going to land in in a foam cushion pit. You may land in some razor blades, Mm. Um, but you can either stay where you are forever or you can make that jump. And and, and anyway, the, the book doesn't probably hit home with everyone. It's not, there's nothing super highfalutin. There's not a lot of statistics. It's just a very anecdotal filled book of why you want to make that jump. He's got a then, great story. Steve Harvey's he got does. a great story. Yeah. And, and then and then shockingly, one of the books I enjoyed the most this year, um, geez, and I'm gonna get it wrong. Um, but it's 50 Cent wrote a book. Anyway, it's the new one that came out. I've read most of his stuff. And again, it's this very pragmatic approach. You know, look, you and me, we may not understand what it's like to grow up in a in a you know a neighborhood where we had to, you know, shoot guns and, and sell drugs to survive. Um, but those same examples, he just applies them to his business that he has now, whether it's selling, you know, Coca-Cola, his uh, bottled water for, you know, billions of dollars. But um, that book is, again, just like just to how anyway, it's just it's just they're both all three of those books, I would say, are must read uh, for for anyone that's looking to get into this or even people that are in it, you know, that go for no book. Honestly, Marty, um, you know, for somebody like who, for who's a wholesaler. But that's all the that's all the motivation you need to just knock on more doors, make more phone calls and put more offers out there. That's really good. Super, super good, Tim, because I I recently had a mindset shift as as well as when I'm calling these larger apartment buildings and commercial retail buildings. And and every no I get, I'm just like, that's money in the bank. That's money in the bank. You know, it's just uh, anyway. So last question and we'll wrap it up. If you, Tim, if you lost it all, right, if you lost it all today, you know, what would you do? Like if you, if you lost it all today, would you, you know, what would be maybe a thing that you would do? Would you have relief? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. No. But if you lost it all, what would be something that you would do? I would, you know, go to a, a different market than upstate New York and start again. Yeah, um, I, I can do this with a laptop and a cell phone. Um, and within six months, I'd be you know, back to having somewhere around in the neighborhood of six figures and be able to um, just build this all again. Um, so I, I don't know what I would do is if, if this industry as a whole somehow got regulated out of business, um, but it would be something I'd be doing for myself. Um, I am inspired every day by these entrepreneurs that call me uh, with their building. And by the way, you know, at one point we had 20, my family, we had 20 units ourselves. Um, I, I may even get back into that because it's just, 
you know, I, I'm never going to work a nine to five again. Love it. I love it. Tim, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you. I appreciate your team. I appreciate what you guys have done for the group. So any last words for anybody? How can they find Quickline Capital? Yeah, just go to www.quicklinecapital.com. Um, you know, check us out. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that as well. Um, connect with us any way that you can. And look, both myself um, and everyone here is here. If you're if you're at the very beginning process, not even don't even know what to do, call us. You know, don't be afraid to call. That's that go for no. We don't. You're not wasting my time. You might be wasting Chase's time. They might not take you seriously, but I will because that woman who came to me some eight, 10 years ago, uh, today is my number one borrower who is just doing phenomenal. And, and I love to have been part of that journey. Super cool. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, everybody. And uh, we will be back next week with another show. But for today, that was Tim at Quickline Capital. Thank you so much. We'll see you see soon. See you, Marty. Thank you, you very much. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Marty Grizzani Show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes. 